dream of eating nutrient-dense produce year-round? If you're a grower, it's likely that you do. The art of cooking with the seasons is a crucial skill for anyone seeking to achieve these goals. By using locally available ingredients and embracing the natural rhythms of the land, you can create nutritious, delicious meals that are both satisfying and sustainable. In this episode, we'll explore the benefits of cooking with the seasons for homesteaders, provide tips for determining what's in season in your area, and share tricks for cooking with the seasons. Let's get growing. Hello, and welcome to the Prages Plant Podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Media, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, where our mission is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's you. Don't let the world hold you back. Pray. Just plant. Hello, fellow growers. Welcome to the Pray Just Plant podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today we're going to dive into a topic that I love because this is something that you can do with a bunch of land, without a bunch of land, with growing your own food, without growing your own food. It's really something that ties into the mindset of homesteading. You don't necessarily have to have the whole homestead to take advantage of this skill or to learn this skill. In fact, it's perfect for the purposeful kitchen stage of your growing journey. It's where you don't need to have a whole bunch of knowledge to do, and that is just cooking with the seasons, connecting to the land, connecting with your local farmers, connecting to when food is naturally in season can create for you really nutritious and delicious meals. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about the benefits of cooking with the seasons. We're going to help you determine what's in season in your area, some quick tips on where you can find that information out and more. And then we're going to talk about a few tips and tricks for cooking with the seasons. God made this wonderful world to function in an amazing way. And when we tap into that, not only with permaculture, but in our kitchen, we are going to get fresher, more delicious, more nutrient-dense food. And as a result of that, we're going to be able to bring that nutrients to our families, to our families' plates for them to consume because we are what we eat, aren't we? So let's dive into the benefits of cooking with the seasons for growers. Now remember, this doesn't always have to be about growers. Maybe you're just starting out on your growing journey. Maybe you're only dabbling in the purposeful garden stage, but you're refining and you're learning how to do a little bit more and you want a little bit more knowledge in the kitchen or the purposeful kitchen stage. So what am I talking about with all these stages? Well, here at Red Ridge Farmstead and on our web page and in this Prejudice Plant podcast, I talk about the purposeful growing success journey. And that is where you, as a grower, find out kind of where you are in that development of becoming a homesteader or creating that purposeful life that you're craving, that you're that where you're separate and where you're growing more and more of your own food and you're creating that balance in your home. And it starts with the just grow stage. And that is where you're just growing. You're trying to figure out why you want to do this. You're figuring out your why. You're figuring out your goals that you might have. Then you have the purposeful kitchen, and that is where all of us start. It's the foundation of 
growing a homestead, the foundation of a purposeful life. When the the purpose of your journey is food, the kitchen is the natural place to get started. Then there's the purposeful home, and that's where you're developing skills in your home and also finding balance and joy in the process of maybe starting to grow your own food or just pulling away from the systems and just enjoying your family. And then there's the purposeful garden where you're going to start growing your own food, vegetables and fruits and expanding outdoors with this purposeful journey. And then you have the purposeful homestead. That's where you're going to be adding animals to your homestead, where you're going to be diving in a little bit deeper into permaculture and creating those connections. That's kind of what we're talking about today with the seasonal cooking, right? Those connections and tying in to the source that God gave the natural sequence of the earth. And then you have the purposeful life. And that's where you're really tying everything else together. You're creating more and more abundance on your homestead, in your kitchen, in your garden, in your home. And you're just tying everything together so that maybe you can even make an income from what you are growing. Or or maybe you are diving out to teach others or just really enveloping that whole lifestyle. And today we're going to be kind of bouncing around between the homestead a little bit if you're already growing and the kitchen because I think the kitchen, the purposeful kitchen is so important. It's the foundation. I wish I would have learned more in the kitchen before I started growing because what happens when you grow all of this lettuce or you grow all those green beans or you grow a whole bunch of things but you don't know how to cook them because you've not learned how to cook from scratch or you've not learned how to even preserve. And I have a a few stories that I've told you here at the Pray Just Plant podcast and in my book, Planning Beyond the Harvest, where I wish I would have developed those kitchen skills before I would have dived into growing our own food. That's what's so beautiful about the purposeful growing success journey is that you can go back and learn skills that you need to. You don't have to just finitely be in one stage, but it does help to flush out that stage. And also, if you find and you go to the webpage that I'll share with you, you find that you're in the homestead stage, you have animals, you're growing animals, but you'd like to refine some skills from the kitchen or the home, you can go back to those stages and look. And if you go to that page, you're going to find some amazing action steps that you can take to so that you can really dive into creating this purposeful life for yourself. So back to the benefits of cooking with the seasons for growers. One of the benefits of cooking with the seasons for growers is the ability to save money. When you cook with what is in season, you're most likely to find ingredients that are fresh and abundant. This is because when a crop is in season, it will be more plentiful in the grocery store or at the farmer's market. And when there is more product for sale, it will drive the prices down, which means that grocery store or the farmer's market is going to charge less for that item. My son, who's gone into economics, tells me, mom, this is the, what does he call it? Demand versus production. And when there's a high production of a product to make, even if there's a low demand or a steady demand, like in grocery stores, then they need to put that product on sale because they want to attract 
more people to purchasing it. And I'm sure you've seen this in the stores right now. Right now, this episode's coming out in May. Strawberries are flooding the produce section. Why? Because strawberries are in season right now. What is diminishing from the produce section? Apples. Well, apples are in season in fall. And you you probably noticed that in fall, you get a, a whole load of apples come into the grocery stores or to the farmer's markets. And that's because those things are in season. And me, as a grower, I like to take advantage of these sales. I have tried for so many years to grow strawberries. I just, my soil is just not right for it. I just can't get them through the winter. I usually have a good first year, but of course you're not supposed to take crop from the first year. And then the next year, three quarters of them die just because they freeze over the winter. I have really harsh winters and I have clay soil. It's just not the right environment for strawberries. But I know that I can go right now to the farmer's market or to the grocery store and get strawberries for my family. I can get fresh, fresh strawberries and preserve them for us through the rest of the summer and into the winter. So cooking with the seasons is going to help you save a little bit of money. Another benefit of cooking with the seasons is that it's better for the environment. Nowadays are in the society of we want strawberries, Maybe it's even December and we go to the grocery store and we can find them. But did you know that those strawberries, and I know I'm talking about strawberries a lot, but do you know that those strawberries in the middle of December are in season, not here in the U.S.? They're in season in Mexico. They're in season down south. So those strawberries, especially if you live in the north, I live in Wyoming, are shipped in and they're also picked not ripe so that they ripen inside the trucks. Yeah, they ripen in the dark. So that's why those strawberries are less flavorful. You wonder, why did I even buy them? Well, you were craving strawberries in the middle of December and they still had them there. We put a huge amount of pressure on the land and on the natural rhythms of the land when we purchase and expect things that are out of season in our grocery stores. When we have ingredients that are in season, you are going to be probably getting that produce more local and it's going to be in tune with that natural rhythm. This means that less energy is going to be required to produce, to transport and store that food, which reduces not only your carbon footprint, but whoever's growing those fruits and vegetables carbon footprint, because it doesn't need to travel as far because you're purchasing it in season and with your specific season. Because if you live down south, then you probably have strawberries year round because they're in season year round. But in the north or in your area, maybe that it's different, there's going to be different seasons and you really need to tap into that. In addition to being more affordable and environmental friendly, cooking with the seasons can also be more nutritious. Why? Because they're fresher. Like I said, those strawberries are picked not ripe and then they're put in trucks and shipped to the grocery store and sometimes in those trucks or in the storage facility where those fruits and vegetables are being stored, they use carbon dioxide gas to make them ripen. And the ripening process creates natural minerals and vitamins and different nutrients in your soil. And when we are forcing them to ripen or picking them when they're not fully grown, a lot of the nutrients that could have been in that soil that could have gone into those fruits and vegetables are not going to be 
as much. Plus, from the time of vegetable, and that's why growing in the garden is so beneficial, because from the time a vegetable is cut off of the vine, or even a fruit, it begins to lose its nutrient value. Green beans that you picked and cooked that night are going to be more nutrient dense than green beans that you picked and cooked five nights from now. It's That's how fast nutrients leave plants when they are not being supplied or connected to the, the main mother plant. So you're getting less nutrients. When you go with the seasons though, you are going to be getting that fruit and vegetable when it's at its peak in terms of flavor and nutrients content. This means that you'll be getting the most bang for your buck. So even though those strawberries are, or another thing that's in season right now, asparagus, even though they're cheaper, they're actually, you are getting more nutrient value for even saving money. Isn't that just amazing? Another benefit by learning to cook with the seasons is homesteaders can connect more deeply with their local community. Now, maybe you don't grow everything that your family consumes, and maybe you connect with local farmers or even your homesteading friend down the road. Maybe they grow more strawberries than you do, or they have a better onion crop than you do. When you buy ingredients from local farmers, you are supporting their livelihood, and you're helping to strengthen the local economy. In turn, these farmers may be more inclined to share their farming knowledge and techniques with you, which can help you become a better homesteader overall. In the last episode, we talked about how you can save money on the homestead. And one of the greatest things that I have done is I barter for one thing. And that means that if I have a bunch of onions, that my onion crop was amazing and a friend down the road or another fellow homesteader or even a local family, they have a really good, let's say they have an orchard. They have an apple tree that just happens to be in their yard. They didn't plant it. I'm, th- I'm talking about a city friend of mine. They didn't plant this this apple tree, but they pick apples from it, but it's, it's too much for them. So I trade them apples for onions, or I trade them apples for peas or apples for whatever I have available to trade for them for apples. My apple trees are still growing. I don't have a full orchard established here yet on my homestead. So I try to, to barter and trade with people for things that are in season. And that creates that community. Because I've also said in that episode that we're not trying to be self-sufficient in a way we are because we're breaking away from the system. But we also need to be community sufficient. That's where we're supporting each other, supporting those local people down at the farmer's market. Yes, I do grow 75 to 80% of my own food, but I still go to the farmer's market because like last year, I had a really horrible time tomato year. It just didn't work out for me. So I went to my local farmer's market and I had already built a rapport with several growers down there. And they said, sure, Crystal, I will start making some boxes for you. And they will be the, the more bigger, the a little not so pretty tomatoes. And I can sell them to you a little bit cheaper price because I just can't sell them so well at the farmer's market because they had tons and tons of tomatoes. I got to buy their extra and buy at a little bit cheaper price just because I built that rapport with that local farmer. So there's lots of benefits. There's probably more than I can talk about here for cooking and purchasing your fruits and vegetables with the seasons. So how do you determine what's in season in your area? 
To truly master the art of seasoning cooking, we need to know what's in season, right? It's essential to have this good understanding. The best way to do this is to, again, just like I just said, is to get to know your local farmers and visit your nearest farmer's market. By talking to the farmers themselves, you can learn what's currently being harvested. Usually they'll have a sign. Sometimes you can sign up for a newsletter and they'll tell you the week before what they're going to have at farmer's market the next week. And what that means is they know that they are picking that produce the next week. That means it's in season. You can also do some research on what's typically in season. The USDA has a seasonality chart on their website and you can also check into your state's agricultural department because like I said there's northern states, there's southern states, there's also different countries. I'm not sure where you're listening from but everybody has a different season because everybody has a different climate. Everyone has a different weather situation as well and additionally you know keep an eye on your average advertisements when you're looking at your local grocery store flyer the fruits and vegetables of course not the frozen ones but the fruits and vegetables that are a little bit on sale are probably going to be the ones in season and it's not because they are of less value it's just because they have more supply than demand also I have wrote an amazing series on this topic because the related episode that I tied to this is called Can You Homestead Without Land series? And this series pretty much goes into talking about different fruits and vegetables you can get in the different seasons, how to preserve a few of them, how to cook a few of them, and and a few recipes I also share, but it also just dives into what's in season because I really truly believe that when you're in that purposeful kitchen stage and you're not quite growing your own food, which I think is very important for you to be in that stage and because you're building that foundation before you dive into the whole growing your own food and because everyone has a kitchen, right? You don't have to have land, as that article says, to benefit from nutrient-dense food. So in those, it's a blog post series and podcast series, I go into everything that's in season and each of them is broke up into the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. And you wonder, well, what's in season in the winter? Well, the winter is usually when the producers, I'm thinking like in the grocery store, are stocking up and replenishing and refilling their dry goods. So your flour is going to be more fresh and freshly mealed in the winter. Because fall crop, that's usually when wheat is harvested, and that's usually when it goes to the mill, is late fall. And so winter is when that flour is going to be fresh, freshly milled flour. Has so many more nutrients than flour that's even been sitting on the shelves for three months. Yes, even your dry goods can break down when they're not, I guess, almost in season. So be sure to check out that blog post series, and I will put the link in the show notes and in the description below. Another helpful tip is to pay attention to the weather. So if it's midsummer and you are looking for certain vegetables, you know that, and when you are planting in your garden, you know that broccoli. Broccoli isn't really a midsummer crop, is it? Because it likes the cooler seasons. In your grocery stores and those types of facilities, by paying attention to the weather, you can kind of figure out what vegetables are in season. Strawberries are a spring thing. Broccoli is 
in the fall or spring as well. Kale, spring, fall. What is in the summer? What are the things that you're normally in recipes for summer recipes? Tomatoes, cucumbers, squash. I'm talking about the summer squash. And then you go into the fall. You have your winter squash, right? So think about the seasons as well as with the weather. And that's going to help you kind of determine what's in season. So by taking that time to really connect with the natural world, you are going to benefit in so many ways. And I hope those tips for helping you find what's in season in your area were beneficial. So let's talk about a few tips and tricks for cooking with the seasons. We know there's many different benefits, but how do we truly make it happen? And I think I've said this throughout this episode. Number one is get to know your local farmers at the farmer's market. Visiting your local farmer's market is a great way to learn what's in season in your area. It's a great way to reduce your carbon footprint. It's a great way to get vegetables, fruits and vegetables at peak. You can talk to farmers, and ask them questions. Lots of them love talking about what they do. And it's a great idea for you to incorporate in a a great way and it's a great way for you just to create that connection with another local grower just like yourself. Number two is to plan your meals ahead of time. I know I've talked about meal planning here at the Pray Just Plant podcast. I know sometimes it can seem like a drudgery, but when you're cooking with the seasons, meal planning is going to be a help for you because you're going to be able to just use what's in season to freshen up a meal plan. One of the ways I like to use a meal plan here at the homestead is I only plan the main course. I don't plan the vegetable fruits and vegetables around it until I get into that season. And I've also told you that I use the same recipes over and over again because they're my kids and my husband's favorite. Just like last night, we made chicken pot pie. Did I put carrots and peas in it? Yes, I did. Because in the spring, carrots and peas are readily available. But what do I do in the winter when we want chicken pot pie? Well, I also use carrots and peas because I've preserved those when my carrots and peas were fresh out of the garden. But maybe you could change something else up. Maybe you are having steak and potatoes. In the winter, we have corn with that just because that's something that we easily put in the freezer and something my husband loves. Well, in the winter, we could have corn from the freezer, but in the summer, we could have corn on the cob fresh out of the garden. So you can change things up a little bit. Maybe in the spring, if we're having steak and mashed potatoes and gravy, we could have asparagus for the side because in the spring, asparagus is in season. So meal planning ahead of time is going to help you have the mental fortitude for one, to think ahead, but also two, to just be able to be creative and fun with the side dishes. Number three, like I said before, I still use peas and carrots in my chicken pot pie in the winter because I preserved my produce, those peas and carrots, when they were in season. If you have an abundance of seasonal produce, don't let it go to waste. You can preserve fruits and vegetables by canning, freezing, or dehydrating them. This way you can enjoy seasonal flavors and those higher nutrients all year long. Number four tip for you is use seasonal ingredients in a creative way. Don't be afraid to experiment with seasonal produce in new and interesting ways. For example, you can use zucchini or squash in place of noodles in a lasagna or use roasted carrots in place of meat in tacos. There's many different ways that you can, especially if you're in the garden and you have so much extra produce because it's in season, you can find new and fun ways 
to make things happen. And when you do number two and meal plan ahead, the main course, like the meat and the main thing that you're going to cook, you're going to have the mental freedom to be creative. So in conclusion, cooking with the seasons is not only a way to create delicious and nutrient meals, but it's also a powerful tool for growers to achieve their goals of self-sufficiency and sustainable living. By following the tips that I've shared and I outlined in this episode, you can determine what's in season in your area, you can embrace the natural rhythms of the land, and you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. And if you want to learn more about cooking with the seasons in your home, jump over to that purposeful growing success journey I talked about it a little bit before, where you'll find the tips for creating a purposeful kitchen on your growing journey. But if you're itching to dive even deeper into sustainable living, join the purposeful growing waiting list. When my membership opens, you will be the first in line. As the season changes, so will your recipes and your ingredients and creating a sense of variety and experiments in your kitchen. So don't hesitate to reconnect with nature's cycles and savor the beauty and bounty of each season. I want to thank you for joining me in this episode of the Pray Just Plant podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the Red Ridge Farm Fellowship of Fellow Growers. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray Just Plant. This week's episode is brought to you by the Building Soil Health Handbook. This handbook was designed to help you take the guessing out of improving your soil, to help you become the expert your soil has been waiting for you to be. Many of us think that we're gardeners of vegetables and gardeners of fruits, but we're not. We are stewards of the soil. In this handbook, I walk you through the four steps I've used here at the farm to improve my soil. I want to help you become the expert that you never realized you could be. To grab your free copy, go to redridgefarm.org backslash resources.